Lonnie and Kay were high school sweethearts. But over time, the never-ending conflict and their loss of love threatened to tear their marriage apart. When we filled out our forms with Focus on the Family, they asked us if we believed in a miracle, if we were willing to allow a miracle to happen. And, you know, with all my heart, that's what I wanted. Lonnie and Kay attended Hope Restored, where Focus counselors help heal and restore broken relationships, giving husbands and wives godly hope for the future. I guess what I'd say is I cherish her now more than I did before, and I, and I have a way that I can communicate to her that I did not have before, and Focus on the Family has given me that ability. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Kay and Lonnie's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Well, how often have you been caught not listening to your spouse? Now, I love my devices, my phone, my iPad, my laptop. It's easy for me to get distracted. But uh, truth be told, I'm a newspaper guy. I, I still get the newspaper six days a week. I read the newspaper. And if Dina wants my attention... I've got to set whatever it is, the device or the paper down and really give her my eyes and my ears. Now, I'm John Fuller in the studio with Greg and Aaron Smalley, and they're not distracted at all. I mean, Greg, um, couples, I'm actually guessing in all seriousness, really do complain a lot about he or she's not listening to me. What do you think? Oh, completely. And I think there's, there's two main problems that we see. One is there's a term called Technoference. Technoference. I like that. And, and that's really because we're surrounded, as you described, by every conceivable media device that can be going off. I mean, we live in smart homes. We have all of our phones and tablets and all those things. So that can interfere as we're trying to have some time together. We're just constantly being interrupted. The bigger issue, though, is a term that they called fubbing. I'm and sorry. Fubbing? Fubbing. <laughs> Spell that for us. <laughs> P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. Okay. Fubbing. And that means? And it's where it's, it's the combination of the words phone and snubbing. So it's a, it's a bigger problem. So let's say that Erin and I are out on a date and she's got her cell phone there and someone texts and we're in the middle of a conversation. All of a sudden her little eyes go down. She notices the text. She grabs her phone sort of trying to, you know, look at me, but answer that it's, it's an intentional, um, choice of what you're going to pay attention to. And so that's what we're seeing as the bigger issue with a lot of couples is that times that they really should be connected is they're choosing something else in its place. Mm. Well, whatever you want to call it, and maybe you want to make up a new word and just, you know, send that to us and let us incorporate that in so a future podcast. you learned some things Yeah, today. yeah, I'm writing this down. Um, whatever it is, uh, we all can fall prey to this. Jim Daly and I talked with uh, Catherine Hill, and she had some great insights. Let's go ahead and listen in. I love a quote from your book. You said, one of the greatest gifts you can give your spouse is to be that person in their lives who will ask how they're doing and then wait to hear the answer. That's, I'm not good at that. Let me just put it that way. 
I think one thing we're all bad at is interrupting. I think the average person listens for something like 17 seconds before interrupting. That long? Well, maybe not that long. I think my, I'm probably more like five. Um, but what, we, what I do anyway, I'm trying to construct my reply. I'm trying to think of something to say back and not really, really listening okay, to what they're saying. We've got to get into this because this is a total gender thing. So with Jean and I, I call it interactive listening. You know, so she's telling me something that is really important to her, and I'll begin to clarify things, right? I think that's interactive. I'm engaging. It drives her crazy. So why, why is that? I'm saying, no, we, you know, what color was it? How was, would you not interrupt me? Well, there's interrupting like that because probably she was going to say something different, maybe. And also, I think a common thing, certainly in our marriage, is Richard, my husband, wants to fix the problem. That's and actually, very common. All I want to do is talk about it. So, what does that sound like? Uh, you know, he wants to fix the problem. Give me that dialogue. So I'll come in and I'll say, there was this really difficult situation at work today, and this person did X, and this other person said Y, and I don't really know. You know, what, what can I do about it? Oh, you and should I'll, go to X and tell him this. Well, exactly. Is that what he says? He will. He'll give me some advice, and that's okay. But then the next night, I'll say the same thing again, and he'll say, but I thought I told you what to do. And actually, I didn't need to tell him what to do. Um, I just wanted him to listen. So is he doing better at that? He's pretty good. Oh, that's good. All right. Um, you believe married couples can learn from Winston Churchill. That's pretty good. Now, you're British, of course. Winston Churchill is a hero of both the U.S. and Britain. Uh, why should we listen to Winston Churchill on the issue of marriage? Well, during the war, when he must have been super, super busy, um, he was often away, and there are a series of letters that you can still see today that he wrote to his wife, Clementine, uh, just keeping in contact, telling her about the little things that he'd been doing, talking about his feelings, telling her that, um, that he loved her. And that was all in the context of uh, his role at the time. In Think of that. I mean, we think we're busy. We're not trying to save the world. He was. And yet he took time to write, a, write many letters. How many letters did he write? Well, I think there's loads and loads, and you can see them, I think, in one of the, maybe the British Museum or somewhere. Um, lots of them are there. And they had little pet names for each other as well that was very sweet, and he'd do little drawings. But just the effort. Today we can do that more easily. We can send a text message. We can uh, keep in contact more easily. But he would get the pen out and actually write these letters. Okay, you mentioned that, Active listening in that kind of dialogue between a husband and wife involves eye contact. Gosh, I'm just confessing all my weaknesses. I'm not sure I do that very well either. So why is that important? Do I really have to look? Well, I was at a party with somebody recently, and I was wearing um, quite a nice scarf, and I thought that they were looking at that, and then we were chatting, and then I realized they were not looking at my scarf. They were actually looking at someone more interesting over my left shoulder. (laughs) And I think all of us have been in that situation where we've not been listened to, and it makes us feel that we're not valued. It makes us feel that we're not important. And so listening with your eyes gives that person person that huge sense of value and love and care and so if we can do that and it is hard uh, because there's often more interesting things maybe to be looking at maybe you know you're reading the, reading an article in the paper or something right. but actually just giving that eye contact uh, gives sends an incredible message okay of i'm gonna work on that one 
All right. So, Aaron, um, Catherine mentioned how her husband has gotten better at listening. And I wonder what your observations would be about uh, people actually being able to improve their listening skills. In this day and age, it is so challenging because, as you know, Greg said, you know, fubbing and technoference. But you just mentioned something, John, before we started talking that, you know, often our, our teenagers have earbuds in. And so we're all, our time, our eyes, our attention is being um, pursued by so many different things. And so, of course, it makes it difficult to really be a good listener. But what I have found is something that couples can do that, and it seems like a super simple question, how do I know that you're listening to me? What would Greg be doing that would tell me he's listening to me? And that is a great conversation to have between spouses. So you're saying ask that very question? Yep. Oh, yep. Do wow. it. We have done that. We've done Scary. that with couples because it for one person, like I know Greg's listening to me when he is not giving me the uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I'll go, you're not listening, are you? No. But I didn't ask if he was available either. So, you know, it goes both ways. But it's I know when he's repeating back and really dialing in on what I'm saying, even the emotion, then I know he's really listening versus I could even guess what he would say about me. That if my cell phone's down and my eyes are on him, that's what you would say, you know, I'm listening. We've even over the last, I don't know what week, had a couple conversations at dinner and just going, all right, I'm making this rule, like no more cell phones at the table. Well, we've always had that rule, but (laughs) I've been breaking it because I've had a lot going on. (laughs) That's true. Well, there are seasons, right? I mean, I think there are seasons where you're expecting something you know, about a, a family member or some news from a contractor or whoever is going to come by the house. So you've got to have access, yeah. but it's a matter of kind of shutting it out. And for, for us, a lot of times it's just a walk. And now during the winter, that's not so easy. Um, but during the summer and spring, we love taking walks and the phone is in my back pocket in case something really important is coming up. But we're just hand in hand where we can. Uh, cruising the neighborhood and 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 talking uh, side by side, not deep necessarily, but it's that undistracted kind of thing yeah. where I can actually pay attention and say, "Oh yeah, you mentioned this, and what about?" And there's something about getting out of the house. I will say that when we are out of the house, walking or driving or doing something besides sitting at yeah. the house, it is much easier to pay attention to each other. Yeah, and, and seriously, psychologically, you're moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so oh, you're yeah. advancing. There's just something about that that's healthy as you talk about whatever the issues are, either you're shooting the breeze or actually talking about something serious, yeah. just the act of moving forward. You know, it's interesting, and Aaron, this will be news to you because I, oh, I was thinking about Big this. Reveal. I was thinking about, like we're saying, I mean, there, there's been a couple times over this past week that... I've gotten irritated because Aaron's had her cell phone. Now, she has been going through some some challenges that, that I get it, but I started wondering, why am I so irritated at this? And what I realized, it's the times that I am cooking. I've thought about the meal all day long. I've actually prepared the meal, set the table, had everything out, and there's this huge expectation on on my part because I've gone to all this work to bring everything together that everybody's going to take this seriously and we're going to actually have some good family time. Contrast that to the fact that Erin did that for 28 years of our marriage. I mean, she was really the one who was cooking, who was thinking about the meal, who was planning. 
and it's just it's an interesting difference to me when when I'm responsible in planning it, then I want everybody to really be dialed in. It's just it was good to to notice the difference because in and as I've been doing that lately, it's just making me so appreciate all the years that that <laughs> she did this on her own, and yeah, it's just it's created a whole lot of gratitude in me. And it's it's been a long time coming. I should have been doing this a long time well, ago. Well, and it's, I appreciate what you're saying, and that is I'm sensing what's going on in me, and let's look at that. Um, th- that seems like Before a— Before making it totally yeah, about her. Yeah, Because I know seemed... something was getting pushed, but I realized that's what it is because it's, I like it's it such a big deal. I like it when you do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very you, safe. <laughs> if you want your spouse to say, I like it when you do that, then yes. get in touch with us. So we've got resources here, and— Certainly a beginning point would be our free marriage assessment, which is a great tool to help you evaluate the strengths in your relationship. It's about five, six minutes, seven minutes maybe for you to take this, and your spouse can take it too, and then you can compare notes and have something to talk about without fubbing or techno interference <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, the website has that free marriage assessment link, and then uh, we'll send a copy of Catherine Hill's really great book, If You Forget Everything Else. Remember this. Uh, it's a great tool to strengthen your marriage, and we'll send that to you for your contribution of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family today. Again, contact info and details are in the episode notes. More from Catherine Hill next time. Uh, for now, on behalf of the Smallies and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.